We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of Hello and welcome to TV Times 3 episode 279 on this episode, we've got some cancellation and renewal news, and then we'll be discussing the first season finales of iZombie and Younger, the fifth season finale of Game of Thrones, and recent episodes of Baby Daddy and Unreal, plus a brief reality check and some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 279. I'm Amory from mytakeontv.com. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com. And I'm Ray. And she's Ray. Right. Hello, everybody. Hi. I act like we haven't been talking <laughs> for 20 minutes already. Hello. Jumping right into the news. A&E has canceled the return, the returned after one season, and renewed Bates Motel for seasons four and five. I'm not hmm. watching either of them, so okay. Yeah. I mean, the multiple season renewal thing seems to be... <laughs> All the rage. Yes. Uh, I guess to days. give the writers some time yeah. to. Although I like the idea of, you know, if you know them knowing uh, that they do have at least this much more. Uh, but I still, I mean, I haven't been watching Bates Motel, but still, you know, they're now far enough in that while they've got two seasons, whenever they go into whatever's going to be the last one, somebody needs to tell them. Uh, but the return getting canceled is not really a surprise that didn't start out that great and really dropped off ratings wise over the course of over the course of the season yes and uh, it also makes it easy for me to just now go and delete the remaining episodes that i haven't watched off the <laughs> dvr so yes and stars has renewed power for a third season which i've never watched but apparently a bunch more people are in the second season. The, but apparently it's huge. Yeah, the the second season, I guess, opened really, really big, which is which is still – I still think it's funny when you hear ratings for the premium cable networks. While, of course, they do want lots of people watching their stuff, as long as they're all paying subscribers <laughs> – as long as, as long as as they're producing this stuff, they're not losing the subscribers, and they're you know they're gaining subscribers. Yeah. It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. But yet, it really, it I guess it was one of the, you know, the bigger things that, uh, like significantly more people watched the second season than premiere than had watched it when it originally premiered. So that's our news. There you have it. That is, you know? and that's. <laughs> That's with a second email and added news. So yeah. you can imagine <laughs> yes. we didn't have much to go on. The news literally doubled to just today. Fun times. Okay. Prime time. Starting first with Unreal. Season one, episode two, Relapse. I should point out that I've watched the first four, so I have no idea what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was just going to look it up because I've also watched the first four. <laughs> um, we actually could talk. All the way through episode three, since that airs tonight, and that's not going to help me either. <laughs> <laughs> episode four is the one where they go to the winery. Sure, but we're not supposed to talk about that one, <laughs> right? No, I know. I just wanted to make sure that's not the one we're talking about. Yeah, episode three um, is the one where the best friend comes to be part uh, of making the decision. Of is it? Oh yeah. Of okay. who goes on the date, uh, or like who goes on a? She goes to see her mother. Yeah. Oh, okay. And her mother's nuts. Yeah, and the best friend is there because the she's at her mother's house when everything's happening. Yeah, so that's epi- yeah, that's episode three. So we could talk up through there. Okay. All right. Wait, that's that's episode three? That's episode two. Episode two is where she goes to her mother. Episode three is where the Oh no no. Episode two is where the family tragedy strikes. Episode three okay. is where she goes to her mother. Okay, you're right. Sorry. Okay. All right. Um, episode two. I don't know why it's called Relapse. This show is dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially and when you follow somebody to their, you know, to the, f- you didn't. To act- their father's you, funeral. Yeah, that you didn't let them, <laughs> like, even know about that there was any problems until it was too late. Uh, and then, and then you end up following them to the funeral in hopes of trying to keep them on the show. 
Um, I think it's a relapse for that very reason, because this is where she um, really steps over the line back into the show. And that's the father true. relapses and collapse. That's what the, I think that's the parallel relapse title. Sorry. Right. Yeah, it's pretty dark. I mean, I believe it. <laughs> and it just makes you think, like, is this what's really happening behind the scenes of... Well, like, like, if you think back to, um, well, I think all the way back to, like, Big Brother, was it the first season or the second season where somebody, there was something that happened in somebody's family, and they did not tell them right away, like, hmm. um, there was also when, or was it when it was 911, and I think one of the people, like, they had family members, not on a plane that actually crashed, but I don't remember what the whole story was, but there was something one, they didn't, they, 911, I don't think they told him right away until the contestants started questioning why there were no planes in the sky. Um, oh. But I'm, I'm pretty sure there was an episode where they didn't tell. Now, Big Brother is obviously a completely different type of show. Like, it's not like the dating type of show where, yes, you could tell them, where they're yeah. not completely um, cut off from society in the same way. Whereas Big Brother, the whole point of it is that you're cut completely off. Um, and you, like, you would be going against the setup of the show to leave the show to go see your family member. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're getting quote, a quote unquote advantage upon the other, the other contestants, if you are allowed to leave and come back. Right. So there's obviously a different moral quandary by the producers in that set of situation. But I admit, it does make me believe that in these shows, they also probably to some degree, yeah. Constance Summer's character is the worst, and she's amazing. Yeah, she's, she's the best at being the worst. But I I think the thing that's – I think a lot of these things that you see, I think they probably have – I think they're probably pulling from, like, lots of various real-life things that have happened over the years in these types of shows. Yeah. I would hope that they're also going, you know, three steps further. Yeah, and then, and then, so. yeah. And then, and then pushing, you know, probably pushing the line on on other things and and stuff. But I think the the idea that I mean, you know, just based on seeing, you know, that you could call it reality or you call it the, you know unscripted drama, but that your thought was always in some of these shows that they would film like what was happening and then make a story. And then they would go back and create a story out of it. But this shows them manipulating the story along the way. Like in the first episode, when you see that they have, they already have planned out who is going to make the first cut and and who is going to be the villain and who, you know, and who are the, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the ones that are likely to make it to the end and all that type of stuff. And then, I was as surprised as they were that uh, their villain was off so early. And then, and then she throws a wrench into the works by telling the guy what to do, and he, you know, he completely messes it up by getting rid of all the people that they needed to stay. Yeah, exactly. And and keeping the the rodeo rider, which who I love. <laughs> yeah, keeping I the love keeping the ones that they wanted to uh, to get out, and so they have to on the fly try and refigure how to get a villain and, you know, to retell, you know, to tell the story. They, Cause they already have sort of arced out like the, yeah the story that they want to tell. And that was the thing I, it made me wonder like how much of that actually goes on uh, in these types of shows is the manipulation. Uh, along I think it's the way. probably exactly as we're seeing it. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. they're probably, they figure out, okay, this could be our story. And then as the, the things that they can't control, like the guy who picking, the person who they obviously normally the producer would not encourage him the wrong way. Normally she would go and encourage him the right way so that you can stick to the story you've already created. Right. But right. as soon as he changes something, you got to try and go and do the manipulation. Like, I mean, it was one of the reasons I always liked big brother because you could watch the live feeds and you could kind of tell when the producers were manipulating the people because like one, something would be happening and they would get called to the diary room <laughs> and you knew, okay, they decided they needed to control that situation. So they're either pulling somebody out of it or they're pulling somebody into the room. So like 
you'd see a couple of people talking about somebody and that person would get called to the diary room. So you knew the producers were dropping a hint in their ear that something was going on. Right. <laughs> and, and you'd see it play out on the show. Like when you finally watched the show, you would see the diary room interview and it, it's kind of, you know, like the person watching it who hasn't watched the live feeds wouldn't catch that that's what's happening. But if you watch the live feeds, you're just like, oh my God, that's, <laughs> that's when they called them in there. <laughs> and then they came out and everybody <laughs> attacked each other because they had, like the producers had kind of instigated it. I love how they're like plying them with alcohol and, oh no, you need to drink more. And then turning it into an eating disorder and like all this stuff that they're just being the worst people. And it's so good. Yeah, where they go from, we need to stop her from doing that. And then uh, we need to get her back to do yeah. that so that she's, uh, yeah, that, yeah, there's some, it's, it really is darkly comic. It's, it's sort of must watch. Like you can't believe. Yeah. I don't know how, like past a first season, like what, you know, right. what, what they do past a first season that keeps you that keeps you interested because you, but so, so far for this, this first season, I'm on board to see like where they go. I've seen for like the real world and a couple other shows, there've been relationships that form um, with the quote unquote talent and the producers. And then you, you, you know, you kind of watch it like, well, how do they get time to fill, you know, to build these relationships. And then you see how her relationship with this guy is like <laughs> becoming something. Yeah. They've already, sh- they've already showered together. Aware of. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like it's becoming something. And then, so you're suddenly like, Oh, I guess that's totally how it could work where they're not on film 24 hours a day, really, where they could spend this time kind of getting to know each other. Well, because they can't, they have to not be on film when they're, producing them as the cameraman right. would say right who i love her ex-boyfriend the cameraman i love him i love him as well i just don't dislike a character yet i really liked how they had the two the two black girls like because it, it's such a big story in all these bachelor shows that they you know they're not ethnically diverse and I loved yes. how they themselves are so diverse as, you know, the one who's trying to be Nini and she's like being called out on it, which I just love. Cause you know, Nini leaks sells seats. She puts butts in the seats, you know, like, so she knows how to play it. And then I just love that. She's like, we had a deal. Oh, sorry. Is that the <laughs> episode spoiler alert. We can cut that out. <laughs> I don't think it matters. It doesn't really give <laughs> anything away. Exactly. I'm just, I'm interested to see where it's going to go. I like Craig Vierko's um, total drug addict character and how she went to the totally beautiful, boring man as a way to get away from Craig Vierko, Constance Zimmerman. Okay, well, this is, now you're getting into the fourth episode. <laughs> oh, well, no, he's in the third episode. Uh, they I go guess. on a date in the third episode, don't they? Third episode is when he has, he ends up in the hospital. And then she yeah, goes I on a date with the cute guy. She doesn't, she doesn't go he on the date in that same episode. No, not in that same episode because she spends most of the time at the hospital and then she finds out that the wife knows. That the wife knows. Okay, well, we can cut this whole thing out. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, See, I told you it was going to be a problem. And then, and then she, well, technically, I guess the fourth episode's out there, so it's. Yeah, it's true. If you haven't watched it, just skip ahead. We just put that line in the beginning. If you haven't watched it, just skip ahead. Uh, but yeah, that's... She says, now that she spoiled the whole thing. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I was just stopping you because I think you're getting it's into it. It's all running together. It's all running I know. Um, well, that's, that's the other problem is, is when you watch them all at once, not like, you know, even if you've watched them ahead of time, but if you watch them all in one setting... They become one long episode. Very true. And then it's hard to to break out which uh, you know which, which 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 thing happened in which episode. But I think overall we're all saying that you should go if you haven't been watching. You should go watch. Yes, you really should. Especially if you like your your comedy from coming from a very dark place. Yes, which I do. But that's the thing I also thought think was interesting is it is it definitely. 
your preconceived notion of what the show was going to be and then what it is. Well, I had absolutely no idea what it was going in. Well, I had a little bit of idea of like what it was and had, I think I'd seen like an ad or something like for it. And it just made it, it didn't, it seemed like it was going to be, you know, more, more wacky fun than, you know, like the sort of this dark side of TV production type of thing. Right. Exactly. So we suggest you watch all four episodes because we spoiled you on the first four. (laughs) Um, So that's Mm -hmm. unreal. (laughs) I zombie season one, episode 13 Blaine's world. (laughs) I feel like in the past week or maybe two weeks, I've, I am Ray like six times and been like, well, I don't hate iZombie. And I don't. Sometimes I start the conversation. Sometimes I start the conversation. <laughs> Do you start the conversation about, with the same thing? <laughs> specifically about this episode. No, yes. I my my comment about this episode was the people who followed up this episode with um, Liv is the best female protagonist in a long time on TV and that this is the show you should be watching. Now, I like this show. Don't get me wrong. Right. And I think it's worth watching. And I hope that in the second season, they kind of work out the things that I had problems with in the first season. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they will, because it's not like they're consulting me specifically. Which, which were? <laughs> It's the same thing that in a previous episode, Kyle kind of brought up that I feel like Liv doesn't have much of a personality herself. It's hard to get a a feel for who Liv is. Yeah. Which, ironically, like the episode with the crazy guy and the this last episode are probably the two that I liked the most as far as we saw more of Liv, I think, than, than the person she ate. And I don't know. They have to work a little bit on the way everything kind of comes together. Like I really liked the stuff when everything kind of the bigger story started to gel. Um, not that they're going to go away from the individual week to week stories, but they got to find a way to work things in a little better. I don't know if they're, what they're going to do. Cause I don't know if there is a plan for a big story like that next season. I don't, you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. I don't know where they've left themselves. So it'll be interesting to see, but I also just don't agree that Liv is the best protagonist we've seen on TV in a long time. I would argue that any one of the women, female protagonists, any one of the women on The 100 are more interesting to me than Liv herself, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> yes. And that was some of my, I mean, I, the only reason I was, I am Amory is because those stories just started coming out right after the show. But I still really liked the finale, so don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not quite as lukewarm on the show itself as Amory, but I'm not in love with it either. Yeah. I just, I liked Major totally going insane with a gun. I liked um, that he used the grenade. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, I mean, Lily White is his last name, which has basically been what he's been. He's been this Lily White character that's so... And then he suddenly gets interesting, and then he suddenly, you know, I like the idea of him being an, a zombie. He suddenly gets interesting, and then she's like, okay, well, we'll cure you. Now, aware of the, I'm completely aware of the fact that we don't know for how long or if the cure will work or if one of them will die, but, like, it worked right away in that Blaine was eating, like, a cheeseburger or whatever he was eating, and his hair was brown again, and I don't know. I just And he, he was definitely feeling the pain of getting a bullet taken out of right, him. Right, exactly. I, really I know like all of him. that, but I think there's still room for them to decide that the cure won't be a permanent. Yeah. I don't know that they'll do that, but I think that they have the ability to do it is what I'm saying. Well, even if – well, there's still the – there's still the thing that there is a – they could show that a, you know a cure does work, but they don't have any more. It puts them in an interesting spot for you know ongoing things as there are zombie problems and – you're now much further away from finding a cure uh, than you may have been uh, because of the decisions that she made. Right. But I I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty good episode. I mean, it put them all in very interesting places, like all the way to the very end. Like, you know, she can't exactly donate blood for her brother. Uh, She flat out was like, no, not putting (laughs) him in, in harm's way any more than I already have. I'm not giving the, I mean, how's she going to explain that? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. She, she, 
I don't know. She needs to come up with some disease that she's actually, and that's why she that that, that covers the change of personality and everything that's happened, yeah, or something, and, and why she can't. I don't know. Uh, she's a doctor. I'm sure she could have. She could come up with something, but but it just put. I don't it, know. This is an example of, of where places. I find it annoying that they don't share the information. Where at some point you've exceeded your, I'm keeping yeah. them safe, and so you've moved into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're no longer keeping them safe. I mean, I know in this instance, it's her mother. So it's a different situation and it's the hospital. So you can't, I think you would be at risk of infecting anybody at the hospital who handled your blood, right? Exactly. There's more than just her brother being at risk. And at risk of him awakening (laughs) and and healing from the surgery and then wanting to eat the staff. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Right. There's a lot of things at risk here, but... So it's a little different. Well, uh, the hope, hopefully there's that, uh, you know, after seeing what happened, you know, all the decisions she made thinking she was keeping Major safe and he only ended up getting deeper and deeper into trouble. I use the ex- the example of when, when people started finding out on Grimm, the show got so much better to me because it, they weren't finding convoluted ways to keep sergeant or whatever his name is <laughs> to keep Wu. out of it yeah. Wu, like Wu finally was in on it and then it just felt like a different show and not that i'm saying they need to tell everybody but like if major had learned sooner or if like when is clive gonna find out because he's gonna have to find out especially if he's going after major like more people need to know than less because they need to fight a zombie army that's coming yeah they need to to maybe spread the thing out a little bit more into uh, uh, like how long is he going to really believe she's a psychic who has visions? Yeah. The fact well, that right. he believes that she's a psychic who has visions to me means he would believe that she's well, a zombie. Like he would be okay with that. Not okay with it, but like get it. There's also enough. Like she has enough change of personality all the time, and he keeps right. he always gives her that weird like side eye. Like what the heck's going on? Yeah. But but just keeps going with it because like. It's a it's a clue that points him in the direction of solving the case, but yeah, there seems to be you know now that he you know he'll think that Major had something to do which he did to what was going on, but obviously that there was something you know much bigger than just a you know a guy going on a a, a murder spree or whatever. Right. So yeah, there there needs to be he probably needs to be brought in. I I also think that uh, the whole reasoning of you. Like not wanting to, you know, to get married and stuff like that. That that stuff all makes sense. But then when you still hang around all those people, right? And all you have to do is accidentally scratch somebody to turn them into a zombie. Yeah. It seems like all all the close people to you should know that that's a pro- you know, that that's a potential problem. You know? That's what I meant. Like you you put them in more danger by not telling them. From the fact that you could scratch them, from the fact that you have other zombies out there who yeah. <laughs> know that you're right. a zombie. Like, all of these reasons that you say, oh, I'm not going to tell them. It's, it's like, well, you're putting them in more danger by not telling them. And the fact that nobody on the show can say that to you is a problem. Like, at least if you had somebody who said, don't you think we're putting them in more danger? <laughs> it would right. be one thing. I mean, we did have um, What's-His-Face say that at some point. But it was kind of late in the game for me. Like, I just, I needed it sooner. <laughs> well, I think it'll be interesting to see if they, you know, if they have the characters learn from some of these mistakes that they made in the first season and see that it it really wasn't the best, you know, direction to necessarily go. And that that they actually, you know, maybe tell, you know, some of the, a couple of the, you know, a couple other people that are close there as to what's, yeah. what's going on. Because there's also going to be a time when Ravi can't come calling. Like, there's going to be a time when she can't, like, the only person who knows can't be there to help her. Right. Rob, Diane, if you need my advice, <laughs> just call me. Yeah. I'd be glad to discuss it with you. Yeah, we can. But yeah, what I don't like yeah, about yourself. We can meet up in a couple of weeks at Comic-Con and yeah, give you. I'll you stop know, you drunkenly at a party, Diane. Face, face to face. Some, questions. Yeah, face It'll to be face fine. some ideas. And you'll give me answers because you'll be as drunk as I am. It's going to work out. As long as I can get David Anders to weirdly molest me again, then we're fine. <laughs> it's a thing that happens when you tell when you tell someone drunkenly that they're your best friend, and they respond as drunk as you are and say, um, "I know." I was going to say, "Are you still best friends?" I mean, I think we are. We haven't had any kind of falling out, so <laughs> fingers crossed. I, 
I, I didn't stop being his friend over iZombie, so I think we're okay. Um, so that's iZombie. That's good. I will watch a second season. I'll, I'll definitely watch a second season. I really liked the, the show. It, of course, there were some some unevenness and some, some problems along the way. And, you know, some, that's really nice. Some story stuff that we talked about, you know, that there was some unevenness. Yeah. There was a ton of, but I think given some of the the people behind it and stuff like that, I have faith that they'll, you know, continue to work some of these things out, but I still enjoy the, just the main, the main part of the show. You know, it's It's just hard for me because people are comparing it to Veronica Mars. And to me, season one of Veronica Mars is such a beautiful season. Well, yeah, that's one of those where they like. And then some of this becomes too like Veronica Marsy, but in a bad where par- not a par- <laughs> like they're not trying to parody it, but it almost comes off like she's trying too hard to be Veronica or whatever. So then I'm almost like, well, I know a show that did it better. Yeah, well, Veronica Mars is one of those like sort of lightning in a bottle type of things that came right out of the gate and sort of hit one out of the park in the you know the way the first season was arced and. Yeah. And stuff. And and there's a lot of shows that you can point to a lot of shows. I mean, just look at first season of Buffy. It's not exactly the best of of, of what was to, of what was to um, come. Let's not be talking about Buffy right now, okay? <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just saying that that was the first show that came to mind with a female protagonist and for whatever reason. Uh, but, you know, that's not the only show. Lots of shows have rough first seasons and go on to... But really... What I think we're saying is, I'm sorry, the hundred better female protagonists. Well, yeah, that's really what this all comes down to. That's not, you know, that's not untrue. That was what I was taking with issue with, though, because they were saying like this was the first show in a long time that has really a really good female protagonist. I was like, uh, no. I mean, I guess in a long time you're not watching the hundred ended in March. Yes, that's right. I would say Jane the Virgin is a pretty freaking good female protagonist, but okay. I mean, I think they were aiming for more of this kind of show, which I would compare the hundred for to this kind of show before Jane the Virgin, but still. Yeah. More where they're asking the female to be like a strong, smart, savvy. Right. Which several of them on the hundred are that, so that's why. Yes. <laughs> anyway, okay. So that's I Zombie. Younger. Season one, episode 12, The Old Ma'am and the Sea. Did it feel like this episode just kind of ended? I mean, I know it ended on like a, a positive note, but did it feel like there should have been more to the story? Yeah, like, that's what the next season will be. <laughs> no, I just mean that like, I don't know, it was a weird thing to end on like a, a ha- I don't know. It just felt like weird. On them reintroducing themselves to each other? It was cute. Sure. I don't know. It sort of bookended the season as to where things began and for a, a a decent arc but but speaking of speaking Irwin. of uh, keeping okay. people in the dark and and stuff like that is is uh you know when they're talking about you know you're one of the you're you know you're the best friend I've made in a, you know, a long time or whatever and you're just like you're still lying to her <laughs> you know like it didn't just work out so good when your boyfriend found out so like when is that other yeah. shoe going to drop how much longer can you I, I I think they did a a you know a somewhat decent job because the time frame wasn't super long mm-hmm. into which the story takes place. Uh, but I I think uh, again in this case, if you don't have a couple other people, you know, find out uh, that at least can help you continue to cover it up with the higher ups and like the the job that you have or whatever. I don't know it. It still was a fun show, though, over the course of the season. I feel like the friendship she has formed with Kelsey, they're not competitors, and she's not aiming for Kelsey's job, Hillary Duff's character. So I kind of think Kelsey would... Her name's Kelsey, right? I feel like she would help her <laughs> continue to, like, cover things. Like, I feel like she would still be that girlfriend to her. It's just one of those that it's... The longer... The longer it goes, the harder it is to be forgiven <laughs> yeah. know, once you find out. But man, I love that Charles guy. I love him. Mariska Hargitay, you lucky bitch. That's her husband. <laughs> Thanks for the intel. 
<laughs> he's also the the guy who does those uh, laundry commercials or whatever, which is weird to me. Um, I don't know. It was a fun show. I watched it every week, like the same night it aired or the next morning instead of waiting to the weekend. I wish Martha Plimpton would have been in more of the finale because I like her, especially when she's being the Patty Ny- Nygaard lady like she is in The Good Wife versus Virginia, who's just such a caring person on the Raising Hope. I don't know. I'm interested to see where it goes because if she's already telling people how long will it, the the actual secret keep going, yes, you know? Especially with their daughter coming back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're going to, like, how are you going to say, yeah, don't come visit me at work, honey? <laughs> or or pretend to be my sister. <laughs> yeah, pretend to be my younger sister. So, so that's younger. Baby Daddy, season four, episode 14, It Takes a Village Idiot. I I I put I put this on the list just because I wanted to, I wanted to hear you both rant about where they where they are at in the with various I mean, relationships. At least she didn't run back to Ben, and like that seems to be at least out of the way for now. I just it does a little, stuff. although Ben still. I guess that was just in the first episode because where Ben, ben doesn't was, know what happened with Danny, right? So, although sure I liked how in that episode everybody was just like looking at him like you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But God, yeah. Tucker and 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 what's her name, Riley, with their imaginary. <laughs> I feel like anybody who is paired with Taj Maori, they, they just it pops. He is so freaking funny, and then when she gets to be with him and the two of them, like. Make up these. Im- oh my god! <laughs> when when he's like so when he's funny. like, yeah, what she said, but less crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you are really bad at this. Like, like got- she so just keeps. Yeah, she just keeps like adding all these extra details and stuff to it, making it worse and worse. Sometimes the stuff during the dinner, I can't. <laughs> oh, That's- and she made the comment about like apparently we're like something because. Um, what's his face being so oblivious to the fact that they had made up their dates? <laughs> like, I mean, he's he's so distracted by the baby and everything, but just like when he makes a comment and she looks at him like, yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway. And I like how it didn't, like Danny didn't even know, like that right. I kind of don't like, because I do want Danny and Riley together. So I want him to have a little bit of jealousy when she's like, oh, I have this boyfriend. And he's like, oh, I can't wait for you to meet my girlfriend or whatever. I just, I hope that they can work it all out. I'm guessing they can. I just really love them together. But more more Tucker with anybody. Uh, <laughs> more Tucker and Bonnie specifically. Bonnie and the whole, how her chicken just threw the whole chicken into disarray. <laughs> and then she's like, it's not a chicken. Like, what? She's, she's a freaking genius. I love this show. I love this show. Unironically, unapologetically, I love Baby Daddy. And when that little baby was like, hi, when she walked in the room, <laughs> hysterical. That's my thoughts on Baby Daddy. I'm not as upset about the Danny and Riley situation as I would have been had it just been like, I'm going back to Ben, I'm going back to Danny. I'm go- I mean, I know we've been two episodes in or whatever um, to this new season, but... Or second half of the season. But I think they they have to do the, according to what they've already set up, like they did it with her, so now they have to do it with him, where they get some time where he's not as into her, you know what I mean? Like he's hurt, whatever. So he has time to like kind of come to grips with what she did, in his yeah. opinion. Um, and then they'll go back to them, I think. But they have to give them time, just like they gave her time. Um, right, because it's true. Be she did... No, he liked her and still went on dating other people, especially and dating her, his brother or whatever. Right. So I can understand why he's upset about it. So I think it's, I, I like that they do that somewhere realistically and that, that I like that they let them still be friends, even though, yeah. well, let them work towards being friends anyway. Right. <laughs> oh my God. I just keep laughing about Tucker in general and <laughs> every comment he made to Riley about how terrible she was. Oh my God. 
Uh, anyway, that's Baby Daddy. We love it. It makes me want to rewatch the episode right now. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. And now the show I don't watch, but I do have an opinion. Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, let's definitely five. start with that. <laughs> Season 5, episode 10, Mother's Mercy. I mean, should we just start with the end? Um, sure. The end is the only thing I know that actually happened. Uh, I <laughs> What is your opinion? Think he's dead? Or I don't think he'll stay dead? Thoughts. And by he, I mean Jon Snow, because I think a lot of people died in this episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, From what I read in my two recaps that I read. Yes. In theory, a lot yes, of people and died. And there, there was another he that died <laughs> in the episode, too. So you'd have to be specific that on the... Stannis? Yeah. See? I don't need to watch it. I know what happened. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, what are your thoughts as watchers of the show about Jon Snow? Watchers of the show. That sounds like a good... That sounds like a good title for people who watch the show. Yeah, uh, we are the watchers on the wall of the show. Um, I don't know. I thought <laughs> I thought they sure killed off a lot of people in this episode. Uh, put people in some precarious positions uh, by the end of the episode. Yeah, the Jon Snow thing. It seemed like one of those where you were like, really? We were. It was just the last few episodes where we finally got like he was starting to become you know, something and you're going to kill him off now. It just seemed like to, to, it just seemed like to, to kill, you know, to do it. But all I could think of is that Melisandre had ridden back and that there's a, he could easily magically not die, you know? So. Uh, well, I think he's dead. <laughs> he could be resurrected. That's a little different. I think that's more what I'm leaning towards. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean is that the character's not just going to be gone. You know, like that he's actually dead, and they they stick him on a you know a bunch of wood and light him on fire. Well, that's the thing; they're going to have to do that, right? From the from the limited reading I did today, he'll turn into a White Walker if they don't burn him. Um, not necessarily. He's he wasn't killed by a White Walker, so no. Okay. Um. I mean, he could still be risen. Like they can, if they don't burn their dead, they can still be risen later by the, the White Walkers. Okay. Okay. Though um, so your most immediate danger of that, if he was killed by them, then you want to burn them. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't. With given the way they killed him, I don't think they're going to honor him with a. <laughs> that's usually right. what they do when they burn them. Is that's an honor? You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't know, but Melisandre is there, so I think she's going to step in pretty quickly because she knows of the potential with John. I mean, it's all speculation at this point because we are at this point caught up with the books. Like this is how the last book ended, <laughs> which, as I said on Twitter, I can't really complain about having to wait a year to see what happens because I've been waiting <laughs> over five years to see what right. happens. So. But this is how the last book ended with Jon Snow's death. So I knew it was coming. Um, and I, I'm not as upset about it, probably because I've had over five years to yeah. process it. I still cried because John, John is my favorite in the books. He's not necessarily... I mean, he is my favorite in the shows, but only because I have residual book affection for him. Like, I don't think the show has done as good of a job as building up his character as they do in the books. Which, for the record, is only because John is not a talkative person. Mm. And in the show, like, you see that. But in the books, you're getting things from his POV. So, you, you know what I mean? You understand a lot more. Yeah. It's not that, he's, that the show hasn't done him justice. It's that, you know what I mean? Like, you can't see his internal processing. So you get a lot more about his honor and stuff like that from the books. Plus, he's younger in the books. So... It changes, in my opinion, it changes my perspective of a lot of characters because they're all so much younger yeah. um, in the book. So, like, you're a lot more forgiving of their mistakes and you understand how they've made their mistakes because they're so young and they're trying to grapple with suddenly having a lot of responsibility. Anyway, um, so we're at the same point, but just as in the show where they did a lot of seeding this season about, about Jon Snow's history himself and then... Um, They've done some recently stuff with Melisandre. 
Um, they haven't shown as much resurrection in the show as they've shown in the book. So um, it's definitely something that exists in the world. You know what I mean? In the sh I mean, it exists in the show too, but it definitely exists in the book. So I think it's a definite possibility, though there's no guarantees. <laughs> um, do you have thoughts or theories based on having read the books about his parentage? I do not personally, though I do favor the fan favorite, which is that his mother is the dead sister of Ned. Okay. The one that... Um, Robert, Robert um, Baratheon, yeah, loved, and that his father is a Targaryen. He's the, the not the crazy one, the other one, the right. These are the, the theories I read today, so I'm very well versed. Um, yeah, Ray, yeah. yes, um, which makes him a Targaryen, which makes him could make him one of the three heads of the dragon, and could um, make him fireproof, right? Essentially, um, or well, fire resistant. It's not the fire itself, I don't think. I don't know exactly how that it plays that out when it comes to the Targaryens. It seems to be when it's related to the dragons, but I'm not sure if that's true. Just wondering. So I don't know. Um, and there's no, no confirmation of this, but the shows seem to confirm it a little more even than the books do, because the books don't really refer to it. Right. Um, and the one person who, besides Ned, the one other person that might have known his parentage is dead. So um, it's not really, I mean, the one we know about. Sorry, let me clarify. Um, it's not really discussed in the books at all. Uh, it's just kind of based on other things that are happening, I think, that people are pulling it. But the show seemed to do a little bit of confirmation of it. Maybe not entirely, but they certainly hinted that that might be the right track this season with some of the things that Sam and the old meester we're talking about. Um, what else happened in this episode? Um, lots. Cer I could have... Cersei took a walk? Of shame? With a body double? I guess because Lena has it in her contract that <laughs> she not do all that nudity. Huh. She was naked in her walk of shame. That I read in my reviews as well. And her hair was all cut. I did see I the will, pictures. I will say this. The, I felt a lot worse about the walk of shame in the show than I did in the books. Which, again, I think is probably because of a POV situation. Like, I don't like Cersei at all. There's, like, nothing to like about her in the books. Mm. So when it happens in the books, partly because you don't see it, I'm sure, because seeing it is a whole different medium for it. Like, you feel a lot worse about it happening to her when you actually see it happening versus reading about it. Um but in the books, it feels a bit like a well-deserved comeuppance. <laughs> Whereas in the show, I felt worse. <laughs> I felt bad for her. I mean, I don't feel bad for her as a character overall, but I did feel bad for her in this moment during this. Yeah, you kind of I mean, – I mean, that's the way it's so, sort of supposed to work out is you kind of feel bad. And then you're thinking about, wait, why did I feel bad about this happening to this person who's <laughs> – He's awful. And all these he, awful things, and then, and then when she makes it to the castle, and uh, I forget, you know, the one guy, uh, you know, comes and puts a blanket around her, and what is that? Some that's, the mountain. Yeah, that's uh, but like uh, sort of like the zombie. Correct. You know, the reanimated like, version like of the mountain. Frankenstein uh, mountain, you know, picks her up, and then, and the guy says, you know, he's vowed to you know, vanquish all your, your enemies or whatever. And then she gets that look on her face. Like I'm going to just, you know, destroy everybody after this. And you go, Oh yeah, she deserved that. <laughs> you, know, then, <laughs> you didn't feel quite as bad when she was all of a sudden like, <laughs> well, I think I felt more like, Oh really? She didn't learn anything from it. <laughs> it's not that I didn't still feel bad that it had happened, but I did at that moment think, Oh, you know what I mean? Like, here we go again. <laughs> She's going to be back at that spot. Uh, what else happened, Amber? How did Marcella die? Poison. You know, like Who poison po ivy. Who poisoned her? The, girl, the woman kissed her on the lips and she had poison on her lips. Okay. Like poison ivy does when she poisons people. She kisses yeah, them. Yeah, I knew that. You knew <laughs> so that was happening. So it's a DC <laughs> Yes. The, this group of people is well known for their using poison. So as soon as she kissed her, I was like, oh, she poisoned her. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's dead. 
And she poisoned herself to do it, but she had the antidote, so she was able to take the antidote. So, in theory, she's dead. <laughs> she's right. probably dead. Dying in Jamie's arms, which I don't, I, I wouldn't go back to King's Landing if I were him, but you know, we all choose our battles, I guess. <laughs> um, Cersei is pissed right now, and she's really going to be pissed when he shows up and she, her daughter's dead. Because <laughs> um, who do they have left? They have. Tommen? Tommen, that's it. And he's married to Marjorie? He is, but as far as we know, Marjorie's still in the tower, so or in prison there, so. Okay. Um, Listen to how much I know. <laughs> oh, I haven't reading, watched since season one. From reading stuff today. I could have done without seeing Khaleesi in this episode. I mean, I should have known that they were going to show it because the books go that far, but I felt like if we could have just seen the um, two of those guys riding off to find her, that would have been fine. We didn't actually need a scene with her and the dragon. Um, I mean, I don't know what it would have gained us elsewhere in the episode, but I could have done without it. Um, I find the Arya storyline interesting because, again, I'm not spoiling anything because I don't know where it goes now but they're actually going backwards in her book storyline. Cause she, part of her training initially is that they blind her. Um, not initially part of her training is that they blind her. Um, so I find it kind of interesting that in the way it's playing out on the show, it's like a punishment versus a part of her training. So I don't know where they're going to go with that, but uh, I thought it was interesting. It's also a little sad because this is the moment where she truly, <laughs> I mean, I guess she stepped over the line before, but she really goes far with this killing, whether he deserved it or not. I mean, the show went overboard to show that he deserved it, but. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they certainly did that. Uh, but yeah, that was that was interesting seeing her, you know, take somebody out that was on on her list. And then I, I mean, I guess it's sort of punishment for like stepping out of line or, you know, killing somebody that in a way that they're, you know, they don't do or whatever. And it kind of is a punishment, but it, it also, I think is also still training. Like that punishment still leads to. Well, I'm sure it is. It's just having to, you know, learn, you know, learn more. You have to give up yourself, which means giving up your vendettas. I'm not I sure if she's capable of that, but yeah, I should be. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to give up myself, though, which I apparently would have to do to become a trainer within the many <laughs> house true, many true, true. <laughs> So, Game of Thrones is definitely coming back for season six, and we'll have to see what happens, and we'll see if my theories come true. <laughs> <You'll>... <laughs> Your theories that you read? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Amory's looking forward to the season six recaps. Of yep. The, of exactly. The episode. <laughs> exactly. The question is, is did you spend, how much time did you spend reading recaps? Like how many different ones did you read? I read two and I'm a very fast reader. So not that much time. So a nice, you know, 60 something minute episode condensed into five minutes or something like yep, that. Exactly. <laughs> and I got it all. <laughs> so that's my time. Reality. Food Network star. I was going to complain when I when we first talked about what Wait, we were what? Talk about. <laughs> You're going to do up. what? <laughs> Shut up. I was going to complain about how much I hated that awful kid Matthew on Food Network Star. And then I watched last night's Food Network Star and they got rid of him. And I love that when he so he was in the bottom 3. He's this awful kid that's just like the worst. That's the only way to really describe him. He's the worst. I don't know. He just he's 22 and there's I'm not trying to be ageist. I'm just saying that he acts like he knows more than he does. And he's just like a real buffoon. And so he, and he wore a fedora all the time. Anyway, so then he was in the bottom three with two other people, which makes up a threesome. Uh, and they clearly had decided who they were sending. Like they clearly knew that they were bringing out Sita. They were going to get rid of Sita, which was one of the people. And, um, as soon as he came out and they started talking to Sia, not Sia, Sita, like his react, as soon as they turned to her and were like, Sita, 
you do a lot and blah, 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 but, and then Matthew got this look on his face like, oh, good, I'm staying, I'm the best, and they're the worst, and he told everybody behind the scenes, like, when they were waiting to hear what was happening, they, he told everybody he doesn't care what the judges think, it's not up to them, he's great, and they're wrong, and all this stuff, like, being a total dill hole, right? So then, as soon as they made that smiley, shit-eating grin, Giada, I guess they had a tie. So it was probably like two people voted for Sita and one person voted for Matthew. And as soon as he started like grinning like an idiot, she was like, can I change my answer? Can we send a different person home? Like she said to the judges. And they knew right then. They're like, because this guy was such a dick, she was like, I'm changing my answer. He's my vote. I want him gone. And then that's who they got rid of. Hmm. And it was so awesome because I hated him. So that's good news. What else? What else? And that's all for Food Network Star. I don't have a favorite yet i don't besides this kid that they got rid of i don't really dislike anybody either so now i'm just gonna have to pick my least favorite of some of the good ones so that is food network star and then master chef there's this one woman who just looks like she cries all the time and i feel really bad for her because she just looks like she is she's always just come from like a corner where she was bawling and I feel like maybe she's not emotionally or mentally stable to be on the show. So hopefully she makes it out alive. And I don't really dislike anybody either on that show. I'm just enjoying You know who I dislike? I lied. I don't like the new judge. She's almost a little too, like, she tries too hard. Because she's got to be like, I'm the new judge and I want to make an impression. But her impression is like, so that's MasterChef. I'm watching it. I, I just love the show in general. And so there's no one right now that I hate, hate. So that's good news. And somebody get that poor girl, I don't know, drunk or something. That's reality. There you have it. Time for TV recommendations. Well, I'm only 22 years late <laughs> for my TV recommendations. But you got to get caught up before. But you got to get caught up. I have, there's six new episodes of The X-Files coming in January. And so on a whim, I was like, all right, let's try it. Within, and I'm not lying to you, four minutes of the episode, I loved Mulder and Scully so much. I was mad at myself for 22 years ago, me being too young and only watching Full House at the time. It's a lie. I watched Full House and Home Improvement. It should be pointed out. But I just loved them, and I am almost done season one because I had to take some breaks to watch actual TV and, I don't know, actually work. But I'm on a roll. I'm going to get through all nine seasons and two movies before January so that I'm all caught up for those last six episodes. Why you say last? You don't think they're going to do any more after that? I feel like they're not. I feel like this is going to be a big hurrah. It's going to be six episodes, and that's going to be it. But I'm totally on board, and I really, really like it. I do have a secondary recommendation is it looks like Ray never gave a recommendation so I'm taking her spot (laughs) I really think you should mainline once once up nope not once upon a time that's not a recommendation (laughs) well your recommendation is not to watch that right so I have three recommendations don't watch once upon a time and watch orange is the new black I loved this season well I guess they both start with O. is that where you got confused it really is where I got confused um, but I loved this season of Orange is the New Black but this weekend. I loved it. I loved it. So my, my suggestions are the 22-year-old series, The X-Files, and the five-day-old series, Orange is the New Black. Well, you know, a couple years old, but I mean this season. Oh, and don't watch Once Upon a Time. So is that that's what you took a break from Hold watching up. X-Files to... Uh... The same that it's been for weeks. What? Jason, haven't you recommended this? Like, yes. Okay, <laughs> I, I did. I have, but I said on the first time I recommended it that I was gonna that it was gonna be my recommendation until it premiered, and so oh, okay. I've kind of just I've kind of just, just stuck with that. It's the same thing. Yes. <laughs> I've sort of overhyped it myself now. Is is uh, but yeah, Killjoys. It's it starts this Friday the nineteenth. I really like it. As I've said before, it it sort of fits right into that. Uh, you know, action, comedy, drama field that's the thing I like most. So, and then it has, you know, a sci fi, you know, sci fi bent to it. And does it on sci fi have that? And a kick ass lead character. So, so that's Killjoy. So, yeah, that's, that's, that, that remains my, my pick. I will, uh, I will come up with something new for, for next week. 
or maybe I'll just say, man, did you watch? Killjoys? Did you watch Killjoys? It was so good. Catch up with with the first episode and watch the second episode. Hmm. Right? Mm. You have not specifically. I mean, I've been watching. My friend Greg and I have been rewatching Twin Peaks. Also oh, in preparation for <laughs> a lot of playing catch up to uh, for new seasons well, of things. Well, we've seen it all, but um we're rewatching, I guess you would say, although we're re we're <laughs> we're both like, hmm, was it really this bad when we watched it the first time? <laughs> <laughs> you don't, um, you're not quite remembering it as fun. I was having trouble getting through the pilot of that. I never watched it and I couldn't get through the pilot. Sorry. Yeah, well, I think that it I think it gels a little bit further in, but they're a little like and I when I say a little, I mean way over the top with some of the <laughs> stuff. But it starts to get better. You know, what I mean, as you go, I think it was it's just like any kind of show where some of that is done for effect and then they start to dial it back when they realize just how <laughs> how over the top it is, so to speak. Um, not so to speak. It is over the top, you guys. <laughs> And some people are better at it. Like some of the better actors on the show are better at the over the topness. Like they, they know what they're doing. Like they know it's intentional, but the other ones are not good actors. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, Oh my God, that's just painful right there. But, um, I mean, I still, still really like the show. Like (laughs) it's just one of those things where it's been so long since I watched that you forget what it was like. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see as we go along. Yeah, that one's on my list to actually catch up with. I never watched back. back well, I'm just warning. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that it has made me, every time we've watched it, I'm like, I know when we get done with this and we'll have to watch, like for Christmas, I bought Greg the the Blu-ray collection, whatever it is that has like all, that has the movies on it, whatever. Mm-hmm. So... After we get through it all, I'm like, I'm going to have to rewatch the Twin Peaks episode of Psych. <laughs> <laughs> so then I can fully appreciate all of the stuff they put into that episode again, because I had got some of it when I was watching the episode, but it had been so long since I had seen the show that I don't think I got it all. So now I will need to rewatch that so that I can then fully yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, there you go. That's the that's the recommendation is you watch you watch Twin Peaks, then you watch the Fire Walk With Me uh, movie that is – it's sort of a prequel, but you should watch it after, and right. then and then you sh- then you close it out with the Twin Peaks uh, episode of Psych. That's 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 the recommended watch list of how you should of how you should watch it. Yes. All right. Those are TV recommendations. We'll have links and all that jazz. Oh, yes, you can find links to our recommendations and the news stories and all that jazz we talked about in the show notes. At tvtimes3.com slash 279. And all that jazz. Sorry, it's in my head now. Next week, Jason will be joined by Jonathan Colbon of the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast and Troy Heinrichs of the Under the Dome Radio Podcast. The opening and closing music is provided by IODA PromoNet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And that is all she wrote, folks. Folks. It is. All right. Well, that's all he wrote, but... Yes. Yes. <laughs> I gotta go finish this episode of The X-Files and maybe eat dinner. But we'll see. I maybe? Should, I think you should probably... Maybe? Yeah, I should... Don't go with the maybe. I, I had to... I'd go just with eating dinner. That sounds... I do have raviolis I can heat up. I made that for dinner yesterday. Too bad you left your pasta salad at work. Oh, my God. I left my pasta salad at the office, and I'm really upset about it. Now... Okay, I was telling Ray this story. Uh, This is not really, nobody on the podcast cares about this, but maybe they do. I made, so we had a work picnic, and we had to sign up, and you were supposed to make, like, whatever the amount it told you to make. Now, I'm thinking, in retrospect, perhaps the two pounds of pasta salad it told me to make was for the two people that signed up, like we were only supposed to each make a pound. But no, I made two pounds of pasta salad. It didn't take me long at all. I love pasta salad. And then I've been doing the mason jar thing, so I eat my mason jar salads every day. So I put my pasta salad in mason jars. Took the rest of it to work, and I bet you only a, a half a pound was eaten. Did the other person also bring two pounds? I don't really know. So a ton of pasta salad, and I thought, oh, I'd bring it home. Now, I do have my mason jars full of pasta salad that I could eat tonight, but then I don't have a mason jar full tomorrow. I mean, I do, but then I'll, I'll not have four. 
it's just anyway. I'm I'm weeping over here over that story, Henry. I know like, because so it sad. bored you to tears. It's, it's so sad that you don't have you don't have enough for tomorrow. Oh, there's plenty. It's just at work and it's not in a mason jar, so I don't know the proportion. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, all right. On that note, I'm going to go figure out what the hell besides the four ravioli I have left, I'm going to eat for dinner. Ravioli and pasta salad. There you go. That's a all lot. Right. All right. All right. Have a good bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? Nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews. And uh, Amory, say something. Hello. And Ray. Something. All right. We are officially recording, so we can start as soon as you get your next story out of the way, Amory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good, uh, very good call. I don't think I have any more stories. I'm sure more will come up. Sorry. Because they do. Uh, Sorry. Hello. There is a joke there and I let it go, okay? I'm just letting it. (laughs) 